a greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our stuff, but they stay frostbitten. You are now tuning to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome to Cool Radio. What we doing? You can catch me on your TV. Even on the radio. Pop up at our box spot. And on my way go. We in Bitten Airwaves. Cool. Everything Airwaves. Why them haters mad? Ain't no stopping us. Ain't no topping us. They be watching us. We so prosperous. Ain't no stopping us. Ain't no topping us. They be watching us. We so prosperous. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better come. Indeed, indeed. Tell a friend to tell a friend that we are live on the airwaves of MaximumFM.ca. And for one night and one night only, and possibly more nights in the future, I am live on Facebook right now. So to anybody watching the Facebook Live video, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in on your Friday evening. Um, <coughs> speaking of which, pardon me, we have a lot to get to on tonight's show, man. We got to talk about Mr. Man's Not Hot himself, uh, Big Shaq, and his... Um, hip-hop comedy routines, and whether or not it's a good look for hip-hop, because I've heard some people talking lately about they like it, they don't like it, so I want to get into that conversation. On top of that, we have our normal trip talk schedule, so we got to talk about Eminem releasing a new title of his new album. We got to talk about, what else do I have on the list, man? We got to talk about Drake not submitting uh, more life for Grammy nominations, and also on the docket we have, oh, this boy, um, Triple X Tentacion. Claiming that he is um, terminating his $6 million record contract with Capitol Records. We got to get into all that and a whole bunch of other things. But for you longtime listeners who normally know how we do this show, you guys already know that I had to get some stuff off of my chest. So that being said, I think it's time to uh, let that ish breathe. Let this bitch breathe. Now, before I get off on this... Um, I want to point out a few things. So I don't normally do the Facebook Live videos because whenever I'm playing content in the background, if it's licensed content, then Facebook has a way of, you know, cracking down saying, hey, we don't want you doing this. Therefore, we're going to cut your video short. So if you guys want to listen to any of the music that I'm going to be playing during the commercial break, I suggest you go to MaximumFM.ca to listen to the audio channel of that. Whereas on the video, when I'm playing the music, it's just going to be silent basically so you're not gonna be hearing anything coming through the speakers or anything like that so just forewarning basically but nonetheless let me continue on so as we all know halloween weekend has descended upon us basically and you know a lot of people like to celebrate halloween in different ways some people don't like to celebrate halloween at all and i understand i respect it not knocking the hustle but for those who of you who do like to celebrate how halloween halloween weekend um you already know it's going to be a fun and joyous occasion where you get to dress up as whatever you want to be. Now, for me, when it comes to Halloween, I feel like Halloween is a form of expression. You get to dress up as a character that you don't normally portray in your everyday life. Or that character that you do dress up as is basically the extension of your inner self. So I feel like it's a good time for people to express themselves in whatever way they see fit. And it lets them let their guard down, especially if you're an adult or a young adult at the very least. And you choose to go, you know, club hopping or bar hopping during the Halloween weekend or if you want to go to a house party and dress up or whatever the case may be. Um, I feel like when it comes to those scenarios, 
I feel like people let their guard down the most because they can be whoever they want to be. And they can just be silly and be goofy. And no one's going to judge them for it because at the end of the day, everyone is dressing up. I feel like the person who isn't dressing up is probably having the least amount of fun. And it's probably the one judging everyone else who is having fun. So I think that's just something to, to keep in mind. Because normally, and mind you, I haven't been clubbing in the longest time. But normally, when it, when it comes to the whole clubbing scene, depending on what kind of club you go to, of course, you'll normally see people just posting on the wall, posted on the bar, sipping their drink, looking at everyone else, you know, trying to figure out who's who and what's what, looking at people's outfits, judging their outfits, and dare, if somebody dare, have fun and dance on the dance floor. You're going to see people snickering and laughing and judging. And they did all that for, what, 15, 20 bucks? I don't know, man. I don't understand it. So going back to Halloween, I feel like that's a time of the year where people don't do that. I haven't really seen a whole lot of that before because why are you judging when you are in the same establishment dressed up as something that you're not on a regular basis, you know? And, hey, sometimes you can even say the same thing in real life outside of Halloween. Some people are dressed up in certain ways that they aren't, uh, you know, making themselves out to be in regular life. You know, you'll see the guys pop the bottles at the bar uh, or at, or in their booth or whatever and using their rent money to do that. And then you see some of the girls flock over like it's on the set of a music video. So I can go on and on for days about that aspect, but I'll leave that for another broadcast. What I also want to talk about when it comes to Halloween weekend is when it comes to dressing up, I feel like some people need to be careful because they're, there are a lot of instances every Halloween weekend or season, whatever you want to call it, that people will dress up as a particular ethnic group or a particular religious group, and it looks it's deemed as unsensitive. Now, I get it. You know, you're going to have your people, you know, especially when it comes to religion, there's going to be a lot of shock value that people are going to be dressing up as Jesus Christ or the Virgin Mary or as the Pope, et cetera, et cetera. If it's all for satire, I get it. But when it comes to dressing up, that's one thing at least. You know, some people may take it a certain way. Some people may not. Um, I guess in North America, you could, you could get away with dressing up as a Jesus Christ or as a, or as a Virgin Mary. But if you're in a predominantly Muslim country and you're trying to dress up as, like, the Prophet Muhammad, then, yeah, I, I, yeah <laughs> nice knowing you. <laughs> but going back to my other uh, par- portion of this statement, <clears throat> if you're going to be dressing up as, a, as a, a particular member of an ethnic group, then be very careful. For example, if you are a white person, and let's say you want to dress up as Jay-Z, all you need to do is to dress up in what Jay-Z would normally dress in. So if it's like a blazer with like a, with like a white V-neck under it, a New York Yankees fitted cap, some jeans, and some S-Doc Carters on his feet to make his cipher complete, then by all means, do that. But you know, you don't need to paint your skin black or paint your lips red or anything like that. You don't need to do any of that Sambo stuff. You don't need to do that. Same thing goes to, to white women who want to dress up as, let's say, Beyonce. Just dress up in Beyonce's most iconic outfit in any of her music videos. Let's say uh, Crazy in Love or maybe even Single Ladies in that one-piece leotard and just have, like, a loud golden blonde wig or whatever, that's cool. You can do that. Just don't paint the skin. Do not paint the skin brown. Don't tan yourself to to make it more accurate. Don't do that. Don't do that. You'll be looking like a menstrual show out here, and you will get ridiculed for it. 
I mean, for example, a few years ago when Nicki Minaj was just like popping, popping, like on her first album, I saw every single girl of every nation and creed dressed in a pink wig. That's all you need. That is all you need because that is a signature trademark of a Nicki Minaj outfit or getup or whatever you want to call it. So if that's all you need, then by all means do it. You don't need to paint your skin dark or anything like that. Just, just keep it simple, stupid. That's all I'm saying, people, because at the end of the day, you are probably not a racist, but the last thing you want to be accused of is racism. So please just refrain from doing any of that stuff to the extreme. Because we've always heard of cases where there will be like uh, parties happening at colleges in America where white students will dress up as a black stereotype. So you may see somebody, you may see a woman dressed up as the Aunt Jemima type, or you may see a guy dressed up as the Sambo type, or guys dressed up in like football jerseys with like black skin and everything. So don't be those guys. That's all I'm saying. Don't be those guys. Have fun. Be responsible with your costumes, of course. Uh, go with a group of friends if, if if you can afford to do so, and party responsibly, drink responsibly, all that good stuff. Because Halloween is meant to be enjoyed by everyone of all ages. I don't care who you are. I used to think it was just for kids, and maybe up until a certain point in your teens. But boy, oh boy, was I wrong when I first got to college. Holy cow, totally different experience. It was like Halloween reborn, basically, like Halloween two point for me, and it hasn't been the same since. So. If you are celebrating Halloween, you know, by going out and stuff like that, then have fun, be responsible and all, and all that stuff. And even if you're not going out and you're still celebrating Halloween, yo, make sure you have all your horror movies on deck. Whether you're watching The Shining, you're watching Aliens, or hell, Stranger Things 2 just premiered on Netflix tonight, or today rather. So make sure you have fun with that as well. Anyways, just have fun with your Halloween weekend. That's all I'm saying. When we come back from commercial break, we are going to discuss... Mr. Man's Not Hot. Uh, Mr. Uh, he goes by the name of Michael Dappa, a.k.a. Big Shaq, a.k.a. Roadman Shaq. I'd rather like the Roadman nickname just because he looks like a typical Roadman wasteman for Toronto slang. Uh, we're going to talk about his comedy shtick as being like a comedic uh, parodic rapper and whether or not something like that is good or bad for hip-hop culture. I want to get a dialogue going. Let me know what you guys think in the comments. And I will get to your comments after the broadcast because I am currently using a mobile device to record the show. So obviously I can't be responding back to the constant messages that you'll be sending uh, within. But nonetheless, your voices will be heard. Either way, we're going to get to some music right now. So like I said before, if you want to jam out to some music during the commercial break, make sure you go to the audio feed at MaximumFM.ca because I'm about to turn the speakers down in the booth so that Facebook doesn't flag me for my video. Nonetheless, this is Divine Brown, and it is called Love Alibi. Shout out to Divine Brown. Such a dope guest, dope person overall. And we'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. You're listening to Maximum FM Hip Hop. Uh, yes, yes, y'all. Ooh, it's a little loud. All right, there we go. Just got to adjust that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. To all my cool cats and cool kittens, it is your man, DM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. Shout out to some of the people that I saw tuning in just now. Shout out to my man, Roy Felix. Shout out to my man, Jordan Poole. Shout out to my homegirl, Javon Monet, who was a guest on Cool Radio a few weeks ago with my man, Brooks. Shout out to my man, Brooks, as well. Visions, I see you. Uh, my man, G Vine, I see you as well. Nonetheless, let's get back to it, folks. So... We got to discuss the hype surrounding a comedian, a comedian from the UK uh, of Ghanaian descent. He's, he looks and sounds Ghanaian as well. Uh, he goes by the name of 
Well, now currently he goes by the name of Big Man Shaq, or no, sorry, Big Shaq, Big Shaq. That is his stage name. Real name is uh, Michael Dapa, um, but he used to go by the name of Roadman Shaq. Okay, but nonetheless, this guy has been popping on the internet probably I want to say maybe since the summertime. Basically because of a freestyle that went viral in the UK when he was on BBC One Radio. And the freestyle was entitled, as you already know, Man's Not Hot. So basically it's him rocking the fitted and he's in a parka, basically. And just talking about how, you know, I don't have to take off my my jacket because man's not hot. If you listen to the freestyle, then you'll understand what I'm talking about. But basically... This guy is a he's a comedian and this rap song they did it was a freestyle originally and it all was it was just a parody it was a parody it's just a comedic shtick that he was doing uh, he was doing like a bootleg freestyle kind of like when Kevin Hart did the whole chocolate drop thing that's basically what he was doing and then what made the video go viral is the uh, the sound effects scheme that he was doing when he kept on saying the tingo brat like he was just r- saying random. Uh, sound effects, noises, and stuff like that. Go like, pop, 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 like all that stuff. So that made it go viral. People made memes out of it. It started going with everything. And then out of nowhere, it's just been spiraling out of control. So this guy, he's been performing at different clubs and venues across the UK. But then he also came to Toronto as well. And then he started performing at different clubs and venues down here too. And then it didn't hit me until... He was asked to do uh, a freestyle cypher segment for the BT Hip Hop Awards this year. And I watched I watched that portion. I was laughing my ass off. <clears throat> and he was also backstage with the likes of Waka Flocka and DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled was giving him an endorsement, like a heavy, heavy endorsement. Like you couldn't ask for anything more. Everybody was just co-signing this guy as, like, the next comedy act, basically. Like, people were basically in on the joke. Nobody was offended by it. Nobody took him too seriously. There wasn't a hit out for him. There wasn't, like, a traditional hip-hop mob after him. Like, people were cool with the fact that he's using it as a as a comedy gimmick, whatever, because at the end of the day, this is not the first time that hip-hop and comedy have crossed paths, and I'll get into that in a second. Now, the reason why... Oh, and before I also mention my next part, um, he also released a music video for the Man's Not Hot single. I don't know how it's doing on uh, iTunes right now or Google Play or whatever, but I'm sure it's popping off. Anyways, um, the reason why I bring up all this because I seem to see a little bit of a division happening. Not a large division. For the most part, I see people who are for the whole Man's Not Hot shtick thing that's going on, but then there are other people who aren't fans of it, and not only they're... Are they not fans of it? But they're kind of denouncing it, saying that it's bringing hip hop down or it's bringing it back 20 years and how, you know, this is bad for the culture and all this other stuff. Now, I'm on the side of of being okay with it, because at the end of the day, like I just said, this isn't the first time that hip hop and comedy have crossed paths. Okay, so let me go down the timeline, basically. So. We all know hip-hop was created in the late 70s and then made its way into the 80s, so on and so forth. We get that. Um, comedy has been a part of hip-hop for at least since like the late 80s. Um, I remember Biz Marquis being a very flamboyant and very, being a very charismatic individual throughout his songs and in, the, in his music videos as well. For example, the song uh, Just a Friend. 
I mean, it was so outrageous, the video itself. Like, the man is playing on a piano, dressed up like Mozart with the wig and everything, talking about, oh, baby, you, you got what I need, with the expressions on his face and all that stuff. So... I see that, and then you also see somebody like Slick Rick, who also had a little bit of comedic value in his music videos as well. Even the song, even uh, the song "Bedtime Story" uh, off of his song, uh, off of his album "The Great Adventures of Slick Rick" in 1988. The video was somewhat comedic because you had Slick Rick reading a bedtime story, uh, bedtime story to grown adults while they're in a bed, you know, waiting for their story to be told. And it's funny because the song itself. Isn't really comedic. It's the music video that lightens the tone for it, right? So I see that. And then, of course, the biggest example, arguably the biggest example, maybe the most iconic example of hip-hop and comedy forming together in one is the Def, Def Comedy Jam. I mean, had it not been for that, it wouldn't have launched the careers of Chris Tucker, of Martin Lawrence, of Bernie Mac, and so many other people in between. Like, that... I think that moment right there when hip when Def Comedy Jam was created, that pretty much merged the two together. Like, hip-hop is synonymous with so many things. It's synonymous with fashion. It's synonymous with sports. And it became synonymous with comedy once hip-hop and comedy were, or sorry, once uh, Def, Def Comedy Jam was created. So when you look at that, it's like, how do you separate the two, really? It just goes to show you that hip-hop is larger than just the music. Hip-hop isn't just the music, it's the culture. The music, arguably, is the loudest voice and the strongest component of the culture, but it engulfs and it encapsulates so many different things. And not only, you know, Def Comedy Jam, uh, which was created by one of the greatest moguls in hip-hop history in Russell Simmons, you also have other things that spawned after that as well. Look at the Friday series with Ice Cube. Friday, the first Friday movie is regarded as a cult classic among hip-hop and stoner fans. Ice Cube was always known as a serious guy when he was in NWA and then when he had his early solo run during the early 90s. Ice Cube gave a piece of himself for the audience to know that he's not just this snarling, you know, militant black guy. He also has a sense of humor and he decided to deliver his sense of humor in the best way possible that only he knows how to, which was through Friday. And 20 years later, 20 some odd years later, it is regarded as a cult classic. That movie had the likes of a Chris Tucker, who played Smokey, the iconic character, who uh, you also had, what was his name? You had, sorry, what do I say, what was his name? You had Bernie Mac, God rest his soul. You had Bernie Mac in that film. You had uh, you had Debo, the, the the gentleman who played Debo in the movie. Like he was a snarling guy, but he was also somewhat comedic in that regard as well. There were so many people who made that movie a success because they're able to bring like the the attitude and the culture of hip hop, mixing it with comedy. And a lot of these artists, you know, whether they be comedians or 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 musicians, they usually come from the same environments, basically. So to see those two together merged, it's not surprising at all. And then you go further down the list as well. You look at um, you look at a show like Wildin' Out with Nick Cannon, and that show is all about hip hop improvisation, basically. So it's just showing another aspect of hip hop. Like hip hop is a serious art form, but it doesn't always have to be taken too seriously. You can have fun in hip hop, and Nick Cannon has shown that through Wildin' Out. And some of the best 
rappers that you've ever come across or have ever listened to have been on Wild and Out as part of the joke. Fabulous is on there. Talib Kweli, someone who's so socially conscious and, and sometimes militant as well, is on the show. Fat Joe, probably one of the biggest names to ever come out of the Bronx, and somebody who has some serious clout in his name, has been on the show to joke around as well. Even in recent years, you've had battle rappers be on that show. Guys like uh, Hitman Holla, guys like Conceited, guys like Charlie Clips. Charlie Clips, even. He is a rapper who uses so much humor in his raps, and he's regarded as one of the top five battle rappers in today's generation, and battle rap is something that is seen as a serious art form, but at the same time, some of those guys have so much charisma that they're not afraid to not take themselves too seriously, and I think the people who are disagreeing with the notion that hip-hop can be taken as a joke at times, I think they're, they're kind of misconstruing um, a lot of the core concepts of hip-hop, and at the same time, they're misconstruing the, some of the negative images uh, within hip-hop that aren't being taken seriously right now. So I feel like they're kind of mixing a comedy shtick like a like a Big Shaq with somebody like Young Thug who parades around in a dress and puts pistols in his mouth to make it look like he's giving oral sex. Those two are, they're, they are so far apart. They are so far apart. So let's not bring those two, two together in the same box because I feel like a lot of a lot of people who are, very negative about you know showing a comedic side within hip-hop see that so i think we should kind of divide that line basically and on top of that you also have shows like drop the mic which is co-hosted by method man which will be debuting on television very soon which is another hip-hop improvisation show where celebrities will battle rap each other i think this is another instance where hip-hop is proving that they don't just dictate pop culture they are pop culture and they can dictate it however they want it whether it be in a serious tone like the like the uh neil for kaepernick for example or if they want to do it in a comedic tone and i think one of the biggest examples of hip-hop and comedy coming together is the Chappelle show dave Chappelle. dave Chappelle brought hip-hop and comedy together in the early 2000s none of us will ever forget one of the most iconic sketches in that show's history when he had the RZA and Jizza do their own sketch called Wu-Tang Financial. Come on. You can't tell me that even the most stone-faced, hard, yo, I be on the block type of hip-hop cat wasn't laughing when the Jizza himself said to some middle-aged white family saying to them, you better protect your investment bonds, nigga. You can't tell me that shit wasn't hilarious. And with the white dad just nodding his head in, in agreement, like, come on. That was hilarious. That was hilarious. Coming from the Wu-Tang Clan as well, of all people. And then on top of that, you also had guests within the show. Or sorry, you, you also had um, musical guests within the show. So you also had you also had guys like Talib Kweli perform. You had Freeway perform. Buster Rhymes perform. DMX perform. They would always perform after the end of every episode. Even some of them would partake in the skits. Look at um, Q-Tip when he was doing his sex ed skit with Dave Chappelle in one of their episodes. I mean, there's so many examples to, to, to come off of. They're all just coming into my head right now. Oh, my God. In Living Color. That was... <laughs> Listen, and Living Color was one of the most iconic sketch comedy shows of all time, regardless of race, regardless of whatever. So many careers were launched off of that, off of the strength of uh, comedic antics and hip-hop. Look at Jim Carrey, Jamie Foxx, the Wayans Brothers, 
So many people blew up, blew up off of that. Their theme song was a rap song. Heavy Deep did the theme song. Sean Wayans was the DJ for the first two seasons of that show. They incorporated hip hop and comedy. So for people who are who are basically mad at the fact that Big Shaq is doing this stick, they have to look back into the timeline and realize that this isn't the first time that this has been done. And this has been happening for a long, long time. Like either you don't have a funny bone in your body at all, or you're just not looking at the large picture. Hip hop and, and comedy are synonymous with, with, with one another, man. And Dave Chappelle has done arguably, arguably the best job of bringing that synonymity together. And then, as I mentioned earlier, Kevin Hart, he's done it as well. The whole chocolate drop character that he did uh, a few years back. Like, he's always had, you know, some sort of merger with his uh, with his work and hip-hop. I mean, think of how many hip-hop artists he's collaborated with on their own records. He did records with Game. He did records with Meek Mill. So it's always been there. And it's just coming back to me right now. Like, everything is just flooding back. Like, Notorious B.I.G. Was, was on an episode of Martin one time. Tupac was on the sketch on uh, on In Living Color with Jamie Foxx and uh, and uh, Tommy Davidson. Like, there has been so many times where hip-hop has been incorporated with comedy. So I don't understand why some people are freaking out that Big Shaq is, like, getting paid to do gigs and shows. It's no different from him getting paid to do just a normal stand-up comedy skit. I don't see the problem with that. We've even seen it in Canada as well. My man Trix has done records with JD Era. You know what I mean? So there shouldn't really be a problem with it at all. I don't find a problem with it. And I feel that people who do, they really need to analyze why they feel that it's problematic. Don't get Big Shaq confused with somebody like a Miley Cyrus who made a mockery out of herself and hip hop to a certain extent by performing lewd acts, and then four years later saying, oh, I don't do hip-hop music anymore because it, it brought me down to the lowest point in my life. So just discarding it under the bus. Those are two separate two separate entities, and I think people need to, need to keep that in mind as well. So in closing, I have nothing against Big Shaq. I love his stuff. I think the guy is hilarious. He's a parody of a rapper. Uh, think of any... You know, cliche rapper you can think of. He's basically a parody of that. And I don't think anybody should be taking him that seriously. I mean, the guy, he dresses up in the same outfit all the time to live up to the moniker of Roadman Shaq. Like, you, there's nothing to argue with that, man. He even did a little a little back and forth beef track with, with Shaquille O'Neal claiming that he's the real big Shaq. And everyone's just having fun, man. Just have fun with it. That's all I'm saying. Loosen up, lighten up, have fun with it. Like, hip-hop as a culture goes through so much shit on a regular basis. It's good to just chill, sit back, and just have fun once in a while. That's all I'm saying. But what do you guys think? What do you guys think about Big Shaq, Man's Not Hot, or any type of comedy shtick that incorporates hip-hop? Are you guys for it? Are you guys against it? Let me know in the comment section below or hit me up on social media. Let me know what you guys think. Coming up after the commercial break, we got to get into Trip Talks. That's three topics in three minutes. I'm going to break them down as I normally do. But before we get to that, I'm going to play some more music. Uh, this one comes by way of my man, uh, Everything Oshan. Shout out to my man. Uh, and this one is called Everything. Uh, so I'm going to play that record. But again, I'm going to turn down the volume in the booth right now for all my people watching on uh, Facebook Live. You guys can listen to the record on MaximumFM.ca. So keep it locked. We'll be right back after these messages. Yep. Yeah. 
All right, perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, to all my cool cats and cool kittens, welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. You already know what it is. Actually, I just realized we didn't have the music on during the background, so I apologize for that in case you guys want to jam out. But nonetheless, we're back on the air. And it is time for Trip Talk. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with Trip Talk, that is three topics in three minutes, which means that we are going to discuss all the, uh, or three of the hottest topics that happened within the week of pop culture. So on that note, let's get things started first with our own Drizzy Drake. So Drake is having a monster year, and uh, he started off the year by releasing the playlist, which is entitled More Life, which was released back in March. However, interesting here, sorry, interesting thing here is the fact that he did not submit it to be a Grammy nomination, basically. So every artist has a chance to nominate or to um, to basically deposit their album or their project of, of any kind as a um, as a project worth being eligible of being nominated for a Grammy of any sort, whether it be album of the year or rap recording, et cetera, et cetera. But he chose not to do that this time. So a lot of people are speculating as to why he did not do that, but him and his team have yet to put out a reason or a statement as to why they didn't do it. Now, with that said, he still has a chance to uh, put in a form of eligibility to... Uh, include a song that he was featured on between now and I believe later in the month or later next month. I just want to read that article real quick. Um, Oh no, sorry. I, I stated that wrong. He is still eligible to be nominated for any song that was submitted with him on it as a feature between October of, of 2016 and September 30th of 2017. So if for example, he did a song of Future, and that song was on Future's album. Then he'd still be nominated for that as well. But as far as anything related to More Life, that ship has already came and went. So he is no longer eligible to receive any accolades for that. So a lot of people are speculating, and a lot of people, when I say a lot of people, a lot of people on the net, they are speculating that he is taking the Frank Ocean approach that Frank took last week, or sorry, not last week, uh, last year when um, he was eligible to at least drop in a deposit for his album Blonde. But he not only did not do that, but he protested the Grammys saying how the Grammys uh, don't give enough credit to a lot of the black artists. And I found it very interesting that Frank Ocean, of all people, said that uh, because he was actually nominated for Album of the Year, never mind R&B Recording of the Year. He was nominated for Album of the Year back in 2013 with the release of Channel Orange, which is still, in my eyes, one of the best albums I've ever listened to and easily the best R&B album of that year. I think Miguel's Kaleidoscope Dream came just that close. He came in a strong second, in my opinion. But nonetheless, um, that's a stance that Frank Ocean took during that period in time. So a lot of people are speculating if Drake is protesting the Grammys. Uh, Drake has had some comments about the Grammys in the past, um, but now people are speculating as to those comments are coming back to roost, so to speak. So we don't know what Drake's uh, motive uh, for that was, but I guess we will find out in the coming weeks or months uh, as followed. But what do you guys think? Should he have sent that in for a nomination because he had some big singles on there like uh passion fruit for example that was a huge single but nonetheless what, <clears throat> pardon me what do you guys think 
hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio or drop, drop a comment below this uh, Facebook live video as well and give me your thoughts on that. Um, next topic, we got to talk about Eminem. So Eminem's been making a lot of noise in the last couple of weeks, mostly because of his scathing freestyle diss towards Donald Trump during the BET ciphers. Um, and also, he is also making noise because of the fact that he has a new album coming out soon and the new album is tentatively called Revival. Now, he hasn't put out an official statement that that that, that will be the name of the album. However, there have been some um, billboards and promotion spots that have been popping up here and there roughly around Detroit. And basically, it looks as though it is a, uh, a pharmaceutical ad entitled Revival. Now, the thing is, the E is flipped backwards in signature Eminem fashion. So that's what got people talking. And then if you closely look at the billboard, um, you'll notice that it reads certain things in regards to the side effects of said drug. Um, and basically, it's just a whole bunch of nonsensical things that you would hear in an Eminem record. And even some of the things that are mentioned are subliminals to his past record. So it may say something like, oh, you may lose yourself in so-and-so and what have you. And obviously, we know Lose Yourself is one of the biggest singles that he's ever put out. It was the lead single off of the 8 Mile soundtrack. So that led people to believe and speculate that that would be the new title of his album, uh, Revival. So it's all but confirmed that that is the case. He hasn't come out with a statement saying that it will be. But I think we have good reason to believe that it will, in fact, be entitled Revival. Now, question to you guys is, are you excited for a new Eminem album? It's been a while since his last one. I think his last album, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was um, Recovery. And Recovery, that came out, what, 2011, 2012 maybe? So we're talking, what, five? Or no, 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 no. I lied. I lied. No. Um, it was... Um, Marshall Mathis LP Part Two. There we go. Okay, because I could have, because I was like, no, nah, it could have been more than five years. Uh, but yeah, no, that album came out, I think, what 2013 maybe, and I remember it had Kendrick Lamar on the album as well. He still had a signature fade and all that stuff. But yeah, that was the last time he came out with an album. So we're gonna say roughly about four years since. Um, so yeah, he's coming out with a new project. Um, I'll be looking forward to hearing what other singles are going to come up out of it. But what do you guys think? Are you guys looking forward to an Eminem album? Do you think that he's going to take yet another political approach based on the climate that we're in right now as far as what's happening with Trump and, and what's happening with the whole uh, protesting during anthems what have you? Do you guys feel that he's going to bring that on this album? Once again, let me know. Hit me up on the comment section below this Facebook Live video or just hit me up on social media and give me your thoughts on that as well. And final topic on Trip Talk, man. Let me get into this one. Triple X Tentacion. I've been trying to figure out how to say this dude's name for the longest time, and I finally did. Now, this guy, he's a bit of a nutcase. I'm just going to be straight up with it. He is part of this generation, what I like to call the trap babies of hip-hop. So the reason why he's making headlines is because he recently signed a $6 million deal with Capitol Records, but he is now stating via social media that he is going to terminate that record deal and just stay away from music for a very long time. So this is a statement that he made on that uh, Instagram post, and I quote, <clears throat> he said the following. I think I passed it, actually. Give me one second, guys. Yes, this is what he said. Terminated my deal with Capitol Records. I am not a signed artist, and I will not be releasing music for a very long time 
I'm tired of this shit. So those are her, those were his words verbatim via social media. So this isn't the first time he's caused controversy. I mean, he's caused controversy by beefing with Drake. And to be honest, that was the first time that I ever heard of him. Um, but basically, he's been causing controversy because he's been caught in a lot of domestic abuse situations. So he was a, he was arrested and charged for battery of his pregnant girlfriend, and he is charged for it on multiple occasions. So this is obviously somebody who's basically sick in their head. The fact that they're able to abuse, you know, a, first of all, you're abusing a woman, you're abusing your spouse. That's one thing. And on top of that, your spouse is carrying your child as well. Whether it's your child or not, that, that woman is carrying a child and you're putting your hands on that person, which is idiotic to say the least. I mean, that that you can't even spell reprimand with that whatsoever. So he obviously has some shit going on in his life right now. And I'm not trying to build sympathy for him. He he doesn't seem to know how to handle fame, it looks like, or notoriety, to say, to say the least. I'm not even going to say fame. I'm just going to say notoriety for now or popularity even. He can't handle that, and maybe he's not in the best mental position to be, you know, in a in an area where he's going to be handling that much that kind of money uh, to put out music and to be around the general public. So, I don't know how he's going to get out of the situation because if he has already signed that deal, there's no way that Capitol Records are going to terminate that contract because they see the buzz and the potential in him that he could make for that company in terms of money and revenue. I don't know what the terms of the deal are, but he's going to need one hell of, a, of, of an entertainment attorney in order to break that deal because I'm sure Capitol Records wants their capital. So good luck to him, but I don't see him getting out of that deal anytime soon. But what do you guys think? Once again, hit me up on social media or let me know in the comment section below. Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time of the show that I like to call flashback friday so on that note let's play that drop real quick and i mean real quick yeah i'm gonna turn it down just a little bit so that facebook isn't trying to bag me for a playing unlicensed content but nonetheless ladies and gentlemen because we are in the uh halloween spirit i figured that i play this gem of a record right now um and this record is by way of kanye west jay-z Rick Ross, Nicki Minaj, and it is called Monster. So when we get back, we have the Wankster of the Week. You're listening to Maximum FM Hip Hop. You're damn right you are, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. And as promised, we do have our final segment right here, right now. And I will not keep you guys waiting. So on that note, pardon me, whew. Who has entered the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Who has been crowned the captain of coonery this week? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the wankster of the week. This week's wankster of the week goes to none other than racist owner of the Houston, Texas, Bob McNair, for a statement that he made in regards to his football uh, to his football players, basically. So you guys are probably wondering why he's getting the Wankster of the Week, and I'm going to tell you why he's getting the Wankster of the Week. He is getting the Wankster of the Week because of the fact that he made a very insensitive and racist comment about his players and used the uh, allegory of prison and asylum and inmates 
in regards to his predominantly predominantly African-American football squad, the Houston Texans. So in regards to players kneeling and protesting uh, for standing for the National Anthem of America uh, during the pregame rituals, this is what he had to say about it. And I quote, we can't have the inmates running the prison. Inmates. Prison, you say. Hmm. Interesting. So clearly, this did not go over well with the majority of the players in the NFL, obviously the black ones. And I think it's important to note that this guy has contributed to um, millions of dollars to Donald Trump's campaign. No surprise there. He is a Republican. No surprise there. And it's funny and ironic that he mentioned, you know, prison and inmates and all that stuff when he's probably one of the five percenters or one percenters in the nation of America who has probably contributed in some form or fashion to the industrial prison complex system, which a lot of rich owners are known for doing. So I would not be surprised if that are the case because his um, inmates allegory would be very fitting but disturbing at the same time if that are the case so nonetheless he got a lot of flack for it and obviously uh, a statement from his camp was released and the statement said and i quote i regret that i used that expression i never meant to offend anyone and i was referring to our players i used a figure of speech that was never intended to be taken literally i would never characterize our players or our league that way and i apologize to anyone who was offended by it bullshit one more time for the people in the back bullshit you clearly meant exactly what you said and if you look at the picture of this guy actually for all the people who are watching live on Facebook right now, I'm going to show you a picture of this guy. He looks like Colonel Sanders on crack, basically. Does that not look like the face of a racist? That that dude screams out Ku Klux Klan. But nonetheless, he made that statement. He apologized for it. But nonetheless, I'm not surprised by this. I mean, the NFL is probably one of the most racist sporting leagues in America. Probably the most racist one. I'm only talking about one of the most racist sports league in America. And probably one of the most racist and discriminatory institutions in America as well. In comparison to the NBA, I mean, the NBA has so much freedom to say what they want and what have you, but in the NFL, unfortunately, they don't have that. And I honestly do feel like... I honestly do feel like the players are in some sort of... um, prison system basically because they are prevented from talking about issues that they want to talk about because the likes of Roger Goodell, Jerry Jones and others alike want to shut them down for anything that may come across as defamatory to their brand basically because at the end of the day the shield comes first rather than the, rather than the people who are holding up the shield which would be the players and I would challenge the players themselves to just protest protest because at the end of the day, sure, you might be breaching your contracts, and I get it. But at the end of the day, the products can't move anything without the players. We're not going to watch the cheerleaders. We're not going to watch the people putting the, the the field together. We're not going to watch the fans standing in the in in the in the in the stands, basically. And that's all there is to it. So, going back to Bob McNair, whatever his name is. You're getting the wanks of the week because you're a racist son of a bitch, and we don't need people like you ruining a perfectly good game like football. I feel sorry for the sport of football in America because it is a proud sport, and people put their livelihoods on a daily basis to do what they love best. But it sucks that you have a whole bunch of Jim Crows 
who wanted who want to ruin the fun for everyone else and just shackle them and prevent them from speaking on, on what's on their mind on their mind and what's important and blackballing people for speaking what they what's on their mind and what's important. Shouts to Colin Kaepernick, by the way. But nonetheless, he's getting that wankster. And does he deserve it? Of course he does. I'm gonna drop that wankster on him one more time. And that brings us to tonight's end, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank you guys for tuning in as you normally do. Uh, next week, we will not be on the air. Uh, so I will give you more details on, on as to why. But we will not be on the air next week, but we will be the week after. So the week of November 3rd, we will not be on the air. Uh, but definitely, if you miss any of the old episodes, make sure you go to SoundCloud.com slash cool underscore radio to catch any other other old episodes you may have missed hit up youtube at cool radio cc same with facebook and same as instagram for any updates and video clips and also check us out uh on twitter at cool underscore radio as well once again i am your man dm cool and cool radio is a division of cool click media and entertainment reminding you each and every day that we are out here creating our own legacies keep it gravy and wavy we are out of here peace